0: Welcome to the Church and Culture Podcast, a weekly discussion with Dr. James Emery White on the latest trends happening in culture and where and how the church should respond. Jim is the founding and senior pastor of Mecklenburg Community Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, president of Serious Times, a ministry devoted to exploring the intersection of faith and culture, a graduate school professor, a former seminary president, and the author of more than 20 books. I am your host, Alexis Dry, and I can't wait to dive into this week's conversation. All right. Thank you for tuning in this week um, to our episode of the Church and Culture podcast. Today, Dr. James Emery White and I, and by the way, I'm Alexis, uh, we're going to continue to discuss a recent emphasis on the idea of self-care. So the immediate backdrop of this conversation is certainly COVID life, right? As in living more than two years in a constant state of crisis. And yet, I do think that the scope goes beyond COVID life to really just how we as a society are learning to respond to stress and exhaustion and being overworked and having packed schedules. Studies are, are consistently revealing that there has been a rise in things like substance abuse and pornography and suicidal ideation, the diagnoses of mental health issues. And in response, we're seeing you know, a rise in telehealth and workplaces and work schedules being restructured or re-examined and the increased use of mental health ha- mental health apps and so on. But I think on a more individual note, what we're also seeing is an emphasis placed on self-care. And that is like the encouragement of practices and disciplines that are aimed at improving one's health and happiness. And the spectrum here is wide, right? Everything from eating better to sleeping more, engaging in physical activities, to developing really great hobbies. And it's all great stuff. But what I wanted to talk to Dr. White today about are perhaps the assumptions and beliefs that are associated with self-care that might actually be a little misleading upon further um, inspection. I want to talk to him about a biblical perspective of self-care within a Christian worldview that really champions selflessness. And I want to examine if whether there could be some self-care practices that could have a greater impact um, than the practices that we're currently engaging in. So that was a lot. I will stop talking, but um, I just wanted to kind of let you know where we're headed. So Jim, can you start off by talking about the idea of self-care essentially as understood by contemporary culture culture like and and maybe also you could you can mention what is the target on the wall when it comes to self-care so that if achieved we would know we're doing this well
1: that one i'm not sure anybody knows okay <laughs> i think you're. i right. mean i wish i mean i think that's one of the problems is that i, I i'm doing all of this stuff and i don't know when I've arrived, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. I just know I, I want to feel better. Mm-hmm. But uh, the whole idea of self care is that you address your life uh, in terms of your mental life, your emotional life, um, physical, and your uh, often spiritual. So mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial. I mean, that's often thrown in with self care. Um, and you you you're working to get a sense of well being in all of these areas, a sense of 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 personal personal well being, where I feel a sense of health and wholeness as a human being with these areas of my life, and it is largely uh, designed to be. I'm 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 going to self induce this. That's the whole idea. I mean, the the, the key word the key word in self care is self, mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm doing this to myself, for myself, by myself. I mean, it is self-care, and so there is almost an unwritten law that I'm, I'm, I'm extracting it really from community. I'm extracting it from third parties. I'm extracting it, um, and we'll get into this. I'm extracting it really from, in many cases, a relationship with the living God, and so what that would add to this. So self-care is a form of individualism, and I know I'm, ca- I'm, I'm making it sound very pejorative, but I'm just saying the way we talk in our culture about self-care is that I'm, I'm going to care for myself.
0: Well, let's talk about self. And I don't mean to get too like philosophical here, but are there any underlying presumptions about the nature of self that are implied in the in the practice of self-care? So, in other words, when we're thinking about taking care of ourself, what are we talking about? What aspect of our self is in view?
1: Yeah, I think it's radical individualism and it is a sense of of a, a um, a, a, and again, a, I, I'm going to use this phrase. It's going to sound overly pejorative, but it's, it's, a, it's a purposeful selfishness, a purposeful sense where I'm going to focus on me. Okay, it's time to focus on me, and and so and so it's it's subjective. It's not objective. It's personal. It's not particularly oriented toward the transcendent. It's our sense of self. So it's temporal. It's 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 material. And, and, and in many ways, it, it's, it's just another aspect of, and this is not a phrase original with me, but our therapeutic culture, uh, which is where we've created a culture of therapy and that's uh the way that we view how everything is going to be addressed in some aspects something therapeutic make me feel good make me feel good about myself uh let's talk about my self-esteem and the whole goal is that i feel good about myself and i feel good about these areas and i feel good about myself spiritually and and physically and mentally and emotionally and and all these things and so it it is a an an embrace of the therapeutic and the pursuit of any and all things therapeutic in order to have some sense of personal health and wholeness and well-being
0: well and forgive the skeptic in me here, but like, with as many self-care practices and services and apps, and let's go on and on here, you know, that are actually available, it seems like you would come across more people who are saying, you know what, I'm doing great. Like there's so much out there that is focused on oneself that you would think that we'd all be nailing this, like a focus on myself. Like I could check that off. And yet I hardly meet someone who, you know, would describe themselves that way, at least sincerely. You know, most of us instead are, you know, we're, we're hanging in there or we're, trying to get to the weekend right like that's more of what you'll you'll hear. So is it that not enough of us are practicing self-care and that's where the issue lies or is it that our self-care practices are actually not effective?
1: I'm going to give you one of my famous <laughs> yeses yeah <Okay. laughs> it's both I um, let, let mean in terms of the first part of what you said, we all I mean I mean it's certainly true of me I'm sure you would admit that it's true of you um, but it's healthy for uh, all of us to admit we know more than we do. We have more knowledge about what we could do to make uh, our lives better to self-care, if you will, than we are actually practicing and modeling and applying to our lives. But I I, I think it does go deeper than that. And the root of the problem is that um, our self-care is very superficial Um, and it's self-based self-care as opposed to a God-based self-care. And there's a there's a difference when it's a self-based self-care. I'm not really looking for anything other than what I have within me, what I have access to in terms of temporal material. Maybe a lifestyle, you know, a, a life coach, a fitness coach. I might bring some of that into my life, but I'm just I'm really not looking much beyond the tools that I have at hand. I'm not looking to anything outside of myself, certainly not anything transcendent. So it's a self-based self-care as opposed to a God-based self-care and not even a community-based self-care, largely. In other words, community in the sense of biblically where you're, you're getting the kind of care that comes by being a part of the Christian community uh, and all that that can bring to bear on a human life. And so to give you an example, um, think of someone who who needed care. The classic example in the Old Testament was certainly Elijah after Mount Carmel. I mean, the guy was dying in a pile in every conceivable way, emotionally, spiritual, and everything else. And so he crawls under the broom tree and he just wants to die. And he's met by God. It's really interesting. We don't need really to get into all the fun exegesis of, you know, he wasn't caught in this. He wasn't, God wasn't found in the wind or the whirlwind or anything. It was in the silence. And there's a lot that's made about that, and rightfully so. But the heart of what I want to jump to is what the prescription was. The prescription that God gave was uh, eat. And then rest. And then let's get some people in your life so that you're not doing this all by yourself. Let's put you in strategic Christian community and also uh, strategic uh, Christian partnerships or spiritual partnerships that will allow you to run this race in a way that is sustainable. And so God gave some very specific things that some of it wasn't even available to Elijah. He didn't know who these people were that God wanted to point, bring into his life. He didn't even know to, he hadn't even asked God for that or, or he, you know. And so I, I think there's a sense where there you have, that this person needed care, but the care needed to come through the hands of God who knew exactly where he needed care and how he needed care. And so I, I think that... Um, that that's kind of for me in many ways the model, which is where we go for our care first and foremost to uh, God, and 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 what He gives to us in terms of our relationship with Him and what He's revealed to us in Scriptures and what He's provided for us in terms of Christian community, and those are things that are outside of ourselves, as opposed to from ourselves and from our own resources.
0: I think chasing the semantics here could be helpful because I think that some people could be listening to you and be like, yeah, you know, when spiritually I feel depleted, I go to God, but financially I go to other places or with work. I go to other places. Like I've heard you say before that all of life is spiritual. Like I think instead of us having our lives being like a filing cabinet, right. Where you have like a work life file and then a home life file and a relational life file. And then, you know, probably small for most people is a spiritual life file. And I've heard you say before, like all of life is spiritual. There are no, there aren't files. Everything is spiritual, and everything, like everything, is is like comes underneath that a file essentially or that filing cabinet. So, how does that understanding relate then to self care and its practices? Like, how sure. why can we not just say spirit for spiritual things? I go to God.
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, you're right. And and how I've, I've I've I tend to put it, and it's certainly also not necessarily original with me, but is this whole idea that there is no such thing as a spiritual life. There's just life, and it's meant to be lived spiritually in every conceivable way. And so when it comes to our self-care and such in our life, the whole, the whole aspect of, if you wanted to boil down what um, the Christian perspective would be, is that the whole goal of my life, the whole goal of what I'm trying to do with my life, is to present it as an offering. That's what it is. I'm trying to present it as an offering. Um, and it's not an offering to myself. It's an offering to God um, for his fulfillment, not mine, for his use, not mine. And so one of the first things to understand, I would say, from a Christian perspective, is that whatever I'm trying to do in terms of self-care, um, I need to get my eyes off of myself and onto what is it I need to do to care for myself in a holistic way so that I can offer myself a good and pleasing sacrifice to God so that he can use me in in any way that he so needs and desires. And that's just a totally different perspective. And so I'm not in the gym just trying to get ripped or buff because of narcissistic things. I'm not, or just for the sake of just health for health's sake, or I'm not trying to, um, um, get wealthy or financially sound just because of, for my own security and my own sense of, of, of what I want to pursue financially. And on and on the list goes. everything I'm doing is because I'm trying to position my life to optimally be in a service and an offering to God. And so that that's just that's just a shift where it's it's not about my fulfillment. it's not about you know I'm doing this for an offering to myself. This is all about, Um, I'm doing this all for God. I'm trying to present myself to him. And so that's my ultimate motivation. And so that's a way of looking at life all spiritually.
0: Mm. I like that distinction because I think this is where for Christians, it gets really gray because there's so much throughout scripture about the call of a on a Christian life to become a servant, to take up your cross. And so, um, Mm -hmm there's that. And then there's also these realities of, but life is exhausting and I need to take care of myself at some point. Like I can't only think about others. Like I, if I have nothing else to give. And so I think of what you were saying of with, and correct me if I'm wrong, or if I've oversimplified this, but self-care kind of from a cultural perspective puts the end on self whereas what you're describing is we are but an instrument like we're only a part of self-care that leads to something greater is that like where the end No I th- is I not- think that
1: I yeah I think that's fair. I, I've I've um let's let's think of it in terms of like for example discipleship. Um why why do we disciple why do we care about discipleship? Why do churches care about discipleship? Why should I care about my own personal discipleship, growing in my knowledge of scripture and depth of prayer and, and such and becoming you know, more like Jesus? Um, what, what is the goal of discipleship? Um, I've long argued biblically, and, uh, and I don't think it's a hard argument. <laughs> I think it's kind of resting on the surface okay. that the goal of discipleship is not simply discipleship. It's not simply more head knowledge. It's not simply that I I spent more time in prayer today than I did two years ago. It's not simply that I have more biblical trivia stored away. It's not simply that I'm more spiritually fat because I've been more spiritually fed. Uh, The goal of discipleship is to be engaged in the mission. The goal of discipleship is to make a difference with your life. The goal of discipleship is to extend the kingdom of God. The goal of discipleship is to put my spiritual gift into play at even greater levels of potency and use and to make a a greater impact and influence with my life. The goal of discipleship is not just simply, you know, get spiritually bloated. The goal is that I'm being discipled for something. I'm I'm in training as an athlete to compete. I'm, I'm in training for a contest and the discipleship is for a purpose, and and it's and, and the purpose is the game, the contest, the fight, the war, um, and I believe that to the to the core of my being, discipleship does not exist in and of it for itself. It exists for a purpose, an end, a mission. That's what we're discipled for. And um, and so, and and so from that, yes, you say, well, I can't do anything you know, because I got to care for myself or I can't do anything here because I'm dying in a pile. I would totally agree. You do need to care for yourself and, and you do need to make sure that you're caring for yourself spiritually and emotionally and all these other ways. I mean, that's very biblical. And so none of it, nothing we're saying is against that, but it's like, so, but what are you doing it for? Just to kind of get back on your feet again so that you feel better about yourself or that you just, you know, feel like you've reached a point of health. Well, no, the goal is that if if for whatever reason you are are in an area where the way you've cared for yourself or the way you are, you're not able to effectively serve in the game. Well, then yes, let's attend to some things. Why? To get back into the game. Hmm. And and so and and you also allude to something too, that that the very nature of the Christian life is that it's going to be a depletion the whole nature of the Christian life is, is selfless sacrifice. The whole nature is giving the whole nature of the Christian life is to take up your cross and follow me. There's nothing about that. That is, you know, Hey, the goal is a spa The goal is, 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 I mean, it's like, if someone says, well, I don't think the Christian life should be so like anti me and, and, and not do, you know, I, I need to care for me. And, and I think that any, any kind of theology that makes it all about, you know, it's not about me or dying. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, you're, you're to be cared for. You matter to God and you're to do that, but for a purpose. Mm. Um, because I'll tell you right now fasting, martyrdom, selfless service, uh, sacrificial giving, suffering, uh, you know, welcome to the Christ life. And, and so we're discipled to that end. We're discipled so that we can be people who engage that. I mean, you. I mean, you and I off camera were talking about Book of Revelation and so many other things. There's so much about that, where which I have found personally challenging about how um, the, the the enormous um, resolve and number of martyrs mm-hmm. at the end who refuse to bow to the antichrist and, 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 and have living in such a way that the Holy spirit is in them and sealing them in such a way that they stand firm and don't compromise. And, and okay, that's the goal of discipleship.
0: I I cannot help, but almost laugh at how Countercultural. everything that you just said was like for somebody to listen and be like, like, or maybe even from an unbeliever believer to be like, this sounds terrible. Like why would I choose what you just described over a day at the spa or a golf trip with my buddies? Oh, like, please. Can I interject? I want-
1: oh, let me interject. Yeah, let please. me interject. Um, I don't know what kind of life somebody wants, hmm. you know, but I, I, I would hope they would want a life of consequence, a life of significance. Uh, a life, a life that matters, and 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 that's not about the l- number of years that you live. It's about it's about the impact and the legacy that you leave behind. Um, and um, you know, the, the 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 idea that the purpose of life is pleasure, the absence of any kind of challenge um, in these handful of years that we have. In, which are like a nanosecond, instead of making a difference with your one and only life for the kingdom in the battle of, of good versus evil. Um, you know, I I I I remember, and I've, you've heard me tell this, uh, and there's so many stories I could tell, but I remember when I was in college and it was just beginning to kind of contemplate the Christ life and being the challenge of it. I remember I went and saw... This would have been in the 70s. I went and saw The Empire Strikes Back when it came out in movie theaters, which officially dates me. That's okay. I'm secure with myself. And um, I went and saw that. And I remember I was like the only person in the theater. I went to some early matinee and it had already been out a while. And and I was like the only one in the theater. And I was just immersed in this film. Then I went out and I got in my car and I sat in the parking lot. And I remember just thinking there that that's what I want with my life, to be at the center of the battle between good and evil and right and wrong and what's happening in this world and this, and you know, and 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 to be caught up into the the great struggle and to have my life count and matter and not just be kind of tucked away on some planet as a farm boy, but to be caught up in the great rebellion and 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 not in an egotistic way or narcissistic way, but just in the sense that I want my life to count. I've got one life, I want it to count. I want to be in the center of the fray, I want to be in the center of what's happening. But where can that happen you know this was just a movie you know this was just a movie and i remember to the core of my being it just struck me right then and i could take you to the spot in that parking lot where it was as where it's just as clear as day you know just shy of an audible voice but so impressed on my spirit hey that's what the invitation to the christ life is you can be at the center of what's happening on in this universe and, 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 you know, God's great redemptive drama calling this world back to himself. And, 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 and you can be on the front lines of that. You can have your one and only life matter. And so if someone says, I don't want this life of, of hardship or this life of, well, my goodness, what is it that draws us to every single movie where somebody gives themselves to something that takes enormous sacrifice to achieve good why do, we, why do we love those movies, those, those movies where somebody rises and fights and, and, and makes a difference and, and, and at great risk of their life? Those, those are the things that thrill us. Why? Because that's who we are when we're at our best. Mm. And God put that within us. And, and so um, I don't think that there's anybody that if you really pull them aside, you really want the spa life? Mm. Or do you want, you know, life on the front lines of what's happening in this world and making a difference? Um, I don't think too many are going to say, "Oh yeah, spa."
0: Well, and I think too. I mean, throw in the whole truth that there's also an eternity, right? Like we're only we're on this side of you know the end of times, and so you know if this you'll get life- your spa, right? Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you'll get a really great spa for as long as you want. Um, so.
0: Well, I want to talk about practices of self-care, at least from a Christian perspective, because I've, I've read a lot about, you know, look at Jesus's life and he, he took breaks, you know, he withdrew, he, he spent time with friends, he went to parties, but I can't just help but think that he seemed even within his breaks, even within, I mean, he, you know, he's, he was napping in a boat during a storm, right? Like even during some of those things, he just seemed still missional, like he, he had boundaries, but I just feel like his form of self-care was a lot deeper than the things or more purposeful than the things that we're practicing.
1: Exactly. Which goes back to mission.
0: Yes, like okay, he discipled
1: so- for a mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everything that he did was, uh, you know, inexorably toward marching toward the cross and, and toward giving away his life. And and he was very intentional and everything he did was missional. But But what you find with Jesus, which is really interesting, was that he built it into the rhythms of his life and 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 as he was engaged in mission and there was this it was this wonderful interplay like a lot of people's like I'm mission 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 okay now i'm totally depleted and in a pile and i got to go away for six months and then okay i think i'm better mission 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 that's not the way jesus did it jesus was thoroughly engaged in mission and thoroughly engaged in doing what it took to achieve that mission And the way he did it was he built it into the rhythms of his life as he was engaged in the mission. So you find these little things tucked away in the Gospels, the the four biographies of Jesus in the New Testament. Um, For example, you see more than once, and I've charted this through, I've gone through and done this as a personal study, it's fascinating. Uh, Jesus had a habit of getting up early in the morning. And so he had undisturbed time in the morning for prayer. Silence, solitude, reflection, and so there was a sense where that was just a habit of his life, a rhythm of his life. He he would get up early, and 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 so he still had a day that was missional. He had a day that was full, but he had time at the start of the day that was pouring into you know a time with the Father. Uh, another thing too that you find that his time involves silence, solitude, scripture, and you see that pattern in his life and you see the silence where he withdraws solitude where everybody says, Hey, everybody's been looking for you. Where have you been? You know, he's just constantly withdrawing. And we know that he was steeped in the scriptures during that time and other times because uh, his ability to quote scripture from memory was remarkable. And some somebody say, well, he was Jesus God in human form. Uh, no, I mean, yes, <laughs> he was, but I mean, that's not the way to explain his knowledge of scripture. And, you know, and his ability to look at Satan and say, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written, and just, you know, it just was so free on his tongue. You could tell that he invested his life in that. And, And there was also a sense where the natural movement of his mission allowed him to trickle charge. You read things in the Gospels like, okay, they finished massive amounts of ministry and work and healing and miracles and all kinds of stuff in a city and teaching. And it says, then they went from here to here. And it's just an easy thing to pass over and you move on to the next narrative. Wait, 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 wait. Get out a map. And look at where they it says they walked from there to there. Okay, that could have taken two days, maybe three. I mean, it was not I mean, some some of those walks were like walks, Mm -hmm. at least a full day, day and a half. And during that time, you know, they were joking around and they were hanging out and there weren't any crowds and they were telling Middle Eastern jokes and they were just having a good time. And and there was that trickle charge. You know, with that. Another thing too, that I think that you find with Jesus was that he very purposefully sought out people that poured into him. And, and people would say, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know James, John, and Peter, that was, you know, he had the 12. And, and then within the 12, there was those three, I would say, no, I think, at times, Um, they could be draining, particularly Peter. I think that he was was invested in them. They were the inner circle of the disciples. But I'm thinking of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, Mm. where there was more than one occasion where he went out of his way just to go be with them. And I just think that those were people that he was uh, enjoyed and was close to and could relax around. And, and that also helps explain the enormous grief he had at the death of Lazarus. And, and, and you know, in fact, the grief, the, the, the Greek word used there for his grief was like the snorting of a horse. I mean, he was just heaving and just doubled over. And, and so you find these things that were very naturally built into his life at the whole time while he never took one day off mission.
0: Mm. Okay. You mentioned scripture, solitude, um, silence, silence. I'm going to throw in another S here. And I, cause I want to get your perspective on whether this might be a part of it as well. What about Sabbath? Like, do, mm-hmm. do you think that there's any additional insight that we can take from the Christian practice of Sabbath with regards to self-care?
1: Oh, do Christians practice that? Still? Well, I'm just
0: thinking like, what, what role.
1: Do- <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Of yeah. course. I mean, that's just something that I think Christians today just don't take very seriously or don't think about. It's just the weekend. You know, there's Saturday and there's Sunday, and I guess I'm supposed to go to church on Sunday even though I don't want to or whatever, and yeah. it's just a day, and, and I don't think that we infuse it. Let me, here's the heart of the whole idea of Sabbath, and I do think you're right. It's absolutely critical. It's absolutely essential, is that you take one day a week and you cease It's literally what Sabbath is about. You stop the output. You stop the work. You stop the doing. And you do those things that are renewing, that pour into you. And yes, that has historically, and I think biblically involved, gathering together with other Christians for corporate worship and teaching and encouragement. And uh, Christians since the resurrection have met on Sunday, the Lord's day when he rose again. And so I think that that's a critical part of anyone's Sabbath. Um, But there's still a lot of day left after that. And, you know, that's the kind of thing where you would say, okay, wear clothes that are comfortable, do things that you enjoy. If it's boating, boat. If it's gardening, garden. It's not like we're supposed to sit and, and just be in a corner meditating on stuff all day. If it's, if it's, you know, watching a football game, watch it. If it's playing with grandkids and pushing them on a swing, if it's, you know, if, if it's, it's working on a photo album, just what, if it's baking, if it's cooking, what is it that it, to you is not output? To you, it's 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 input. It's it, it's 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 that rest. It's that it's listening to music that you enjoy, and it's just those things that just pour into you. Um, it it is devoting time to the Lord and inviting him in and spending time worshiping him, and it's also having a day totally set aside to those kinds of things that are personally renewing. The worst thing you can do with your Sabbath is to fill it with work because that you didn't get done, or just cramming the second half of it, getting ready for Monday. Um, and you know, where you just really just had maybe an hour or two that morning that was good with worship and everything, but you never really had a day. The whole idea is to take one day a week and have you know spent along these lines.
0: Mm, I like I like what you said about that, of having this whole distinct day and and then how you also mentioned with Jesus's life, like this constant rhythm and the everydayness, because I think certainly we can just look only to that one day and think this has got to replenish me for the whole week. This is my only self-care, soul care, whatever you want to call it. And then feel when you're exhausted by the end of the day, feeling like disillusioned, like this did not achieve what I wanted it to achieve. So I think like you're onto something where you're saying, yes, a separate time, but then also within the rhythm of your, of your everyday, I think. Okay. So we've talked about a couple practices. You talked about reading scripture, about solitude. We talked about um, silence and Sabbath. Are there any other practices that you would recommend that we consider as believers um, that really could, I don't know, help us to rethink self-care in a, in a more winsome way?
1: I think that we underestimate the role of our physical bodies with our spiritual life. Um, and I'm not just talking simply about substance abuse, although that's an obvious one, but also about um, obesity. Um, I'm thinking about a lack of exercise. I'm thinking about a lack of sleep. Um, and I'm thinking about the fact that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, so that means, guess what? Our bodies matter for that temple. And so are we creating a temple for the Holy Spirit that is uh, optimizing the, pre- the, the work and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life, which is not simply just, you know, uh, ever increasing, you know, knowledge and growth and obedience and such, but it's also the body itself matters. And, and for example, when you think about like uh, gluttony, why was that one of the seven deadly sins? Why is that talked about a great deal in the Old Testament and other places and New Testament as well? It's because um, it, can, it deadens our souls it just deadens it, it, you know, it, 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 and can cheapen our life. And there is a sense that's why fasting is a spiritual discipline, because when you fast, if you've ever, I mean, and I'm, I'm going to say what everybody knows, if I go to an all you can eat breakfast buffet, what do I want to do when I'm done? I want to go lay down. I mean, I just feel, you know, it, was, it tasted wonderful and I felt terrible afterward, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, and, and so, you, you know, it's almost like you, there's a deadening of sense. Whereas fasting, when you fast, you you just feel your 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 spiritual senses and your whole body quickening and alive and alert, and and you know the opposite of how you feel after a buffet, mm-hmm. and so I I think that there's there's our, our our bodies matter, um and and again I do think the things like silence and, and solitude and scripture certainly matter I think relationships that I mentioned like you, who's your Mary who's your Martha who's your Lazarus type, um. Uh, experiences getting in touch with what kinds of experiences really do this for you as well. Um, for me, I, I, I've, I've feasted, I'm, I'm I'm a spiritual pilgrimage person. Not everybody is, but I, I love doing spiritual pilgrimages and they mean a great deal to me. And, um, and uh and, and so that's, that's something that is, is I think can be a huge part of a life so, um, yeah. Um, but I, I think the bottom line is, is that, uh, everything I'm doing is try to being healthy, not for me, but healthy for Jesus. Mm. And, and, you know, the side effect is yes, it might be healthy for me, but the, the goal, but it's not about me, you know, it's not about me. It's about, it's about, it's about Jesus. And yes, that doesn't mean that I ignore me, um i'm but everything i'm trying to do for myself which is all good is really not just for me for my own sake as an end game um the goal is to offer myself as a living sacrifice and so um so when when we talk about care self care it's self care for a purpose for an end result and i'm not that end result mm. i'm not that purpose Um, it's, it's, it's for, it's for, it's for God, it's for others. It's, 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 you know, if I make it just about me, then I'm, I'm caving into a subtle form of selfishness and narcissism.
0: Mm. This was so helpful. I mean, I know personally, and I hope that it was helpful for everybody who was listening, just yeah. Just this distinction, just to know that I hope you don't, you're not listening to this thinking, Oh man, I should cancel my, my massage later on. But if anything, to give you even a grander vision for the importance of taking care of yourself or what, for what, so thank you again, as always, Jim. And for those of you who are listening, I hope you'll tune in again next week. Thank you for listening to this week's installment of the Church and Culture podcast with Dr. James White. We hope it was not only informative, but challenging and the start to an ongoing conversation. To stay up to date with all the latest, check out the daily headline news and subscribe to the Church and Culture blog, all found at churchandculture.org. You can even keep up with Jim by following him on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at James Emery White. We hope you'll join us next week. Goodbye for now.